Big Red Junkies. We've got a win to talk about. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I know it wasn't the type of win or the excellent, immaculate game that we expected it to be, but I am pleased that we're talking about a win finally. Do you? So it's not the day of the game, but do you want to take a guess? As of today, we're recording on Thursday night. When was the last time? How many days ago were we able to talk about a Nebraska win? Uh, fuck, I don't know, 230, 240? No. Well, let's give us some context. How many days are in between seasons? I mean, it's 260. No, my bad. So three, you know, three, 320. Hey, that was my guess. That was pretty close. 341. Jesus Christ. 341 Since fucking days. <laughs> October 2nd against Purdue. Yeah, Jesus God Christ. God damn, it's so hard to think about last season and think that the last time we won a game last season was in the beginning of October. Yeah, that's... that's uh. It's a tough pill to swallow, but at the same time, we should be used to swallowing these pills. Oh, I mean, we're definitely used to it. Yeah. It still doesn't make it taste any better. No, not even a little bit. It's like those quick dissolve steroid tablets that the doctor gives you if you got a bad infection or whatever. I'll take your word for <laughs> tastes it. Tastes hey, like ass. We got a win. <laughs> I, I don't make sure. Like it is I, a win. Like I said, I'll take your word for it. It is a win, and I'm super excited about that. So I said last week that I'm not going to bitch about a win because a a win is a win is a win we don't have very many wins in the last four plus years so we just need to celebrate wins when we can get them yeah we had to get a w yes um of course again kind of with the after the northwestern game i oddly came on here and was semi-positive um about how i wasn't going to overreact to the one game of losing to northwestern but I want to celebrate the win, but at the same time, I, I, you also still just cannot ignore the obvious signs that were in that game that were like, shit, S- still the same shit happens. Well, I mean, <clears throat> here was my take on initially right after the game happened. It, to me, felt like at least the first half felt exactly like I expected the first half to feel in the Northwestern game. Okay. There was... There was bonehead penalties by both lines. There were moments that just, you know, shaking off the rust of an offseason makes sense in a first game. It wasn't the first game. <laughs> what, what did Titan Mike say you had to say? Bush. Yeah, Bush. <laughs> what number, Mike? Or Matt? Sorry. Well, we started late tonight. This yes, is, we did. But Matt started early. He did. At the four-minute mark, I'm on number eight. So You're on number eight? eight. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. So I just have to tell you real quickly. So one, one of the guys that I work with at the post office listens to our show. And there's a couple of guys there that listen. But one guy specifically came up to me, Todd. He came up to me and he goes, I didn't realize that it was just one guy that was drinking all those beers. <laughs> and I go, oh, yeah, Matt, Matt's the only one that drinks the beer. Just little he, old me. I, I think he was kind of impressed by, you know. Your consumption, so oh, I'm, you know, I'm flattered. <laughs> Matt is an impressive. You should have seen what I did during the game on Saturday. <laughs> oh Jesus! 
Matt was on a pontoon bus starting at eight o'clock, or pontoon boat, not bus. bus. That'd be weird. Basically a bus. <laughs> it's ginormous. <laughs> in the in the Missouri River, floating upstream for what twelve hours? Well, we started around nine, and I think we got back to Surfside at seven, so ten. God damn. damn! And a thirty pack liter. Nice. Yeah, it was the beers were flowing pretty heavy that day. Good and Matt work. and Good Matt work. looked like Bob the Tomato and was in bed by eight thirty. <laughs> it was nine. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the bachelor that day who was puking off the back oh. of the back of the boat by noon. I, w- I would feel bad for him, but it was a great party. That's also not the worst thing that's been in the Missouri River. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> that's not the worst thing that we put in the Missouri River. <laughs> And there was almost Diet Dr. Pepper all over my microphone. <laughs> but so no, that was to get back to my point that I was making is it felt like the first half to me felt like shaking off the rust. And yes, there was probably a lot that had to do with the fact that they got back in town on Monday yep. or Tuesday. I talked had, about the sleepy atmosphere coming yeah, into the game. Yeah, they had they had a short week um, that from what I understand, practice wise was kind of light um, and to just try and give them that time to get over their jet lag and all that stuff. And so if somebody made a, made, a, made a point to me that has done some international travel, he said, basically, you need a day for every hour you're in a plane flying overseas, coming back. Okay. And so, you know, five, six hours, whatever that was for them, it's who knows, and, and, they're, and they're coming forward in time. So They also, I mean, and again, and like Scott Frost said, uh, we're not trying to make excuses. It's just the reality no, of the situation. They also had a stomach flu that ravaged through the entire team or the majority of the team um it also sounded like there was a cold going through the team because frost even himself sounded sick oh i think he sounded more emotional than sick but that was he was definitely emotional on the field right after the game just i think it was just that sheer relief of finally we got a fucking win well we also i mean we've talked about this uh over the weekend about how he sounded in the post-game press conference as well yes um so it, I mean I don't know if you wanted to talk about that, but uh, it w- he sounded very emotional talking after the game, whether it was the on the field uh, interview or the post game press conference. Um, I don't know if it was a relief situation or what you believe uh, how he sounded, or even again how I believe how I why he sounded the way that he did. But well, tell me what you thought again. So. In my opinion, it sounded more of a guy that, and I believe that we're kind of, you and I, we, the end game is the same. We just believe that we're getting there in a different direction. Yeah. Um, to me, he sounded like a guy that, he obviously knows his baseline. We all know that he knows the baseline coming into the season with the contract situation, whether it was lowering his annual pay from a million dollars down or also cutting the buyout clause uh, in half on October 1st. He knows what he has to reach to be able to go back to the five million a year and to be able to keep his job. He knows I was going to say, fuck going back to the five million, just keeping his job, period. But, but both. And, and we don't know what that is. Yeah. Nobody knows for sure what that benchmark is. There's been all kinds of speculation about it. We've, we've both yes. heard from different people that are usually in the know on things, different things. Now, I total sidetrack there with what you just said. I will say this morning I heard uh, Sipple on Sharp and Benning this morning. He, who, I cannot stand Steve Sipple, 
but at the same time, he knows what the fuck he's talking about. He he has, I joking like to say, he has frost balls in his mouth literally at all times. Um, yes. <laughs> so, Sipple knows the ins and outs of the program. He said this morning that instead of uh, the, a lot of people believe that Frost had to get to seven wins going into this season. He said this morning on the radio that that number is now eight with the way that the season has gone through just the two games. So if that's true, then the road is that much tougher for Frost. There should be a lot more throwing up. Sp- I was going to say, especially yeah. with not getting to North, that Northwestern win. That's, but, th- but that's kind of the point of it just got up to eight. Um, so back to the post-game press conference. I believe he sounded like a guy that knows what his baseline is, but also sees a team that he has in front of him and knows that they're not good enough to reach that baseline. So it's, I don't necessarily know that he knows the final answer right now, right now, but he knows what the final answer might be very soon. And see, I I know that I came at it from a different standpoint, mostly just because his body language and then the way that he answered the um, question, there was a specific question that was asked about, um, you know, it was it good to get the monkey off your back to finally get that win, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's been, I think it was seven games or eight games in a row. 340 Uh, days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And... <clears throat> the way he answered that was basically, you know, he at made the time it, would be like three thirty-five ish, whatever. Yeah, he made a reference to uh, Ted Lasso, the show. Most yep. people have watched it. Said we got to be goldfish. It's a it's a common thing, and it was a kind of a rebuilding moment phrase that Ted Lasso used in the show um, to basically just say we need to remember thirteen seconds at a time and stop thinking about the past. Mm-hmm. And he made a comment about how we've got a lot of new leaders on this team and a lot of new talent on this team and. Nothing that happened prior to this year affects anybody on this team other than me and my employment situation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. Like, that that hit me as, like, a, you've already been told the door is there. Like, you're already gone. Like, that's the way that I took it in the moment and just the way that he – just his overall demeanor. He seems to be a guy who's got some underlying anger now that I didn't see prior to this last Saturday. Mm-hmm. His halftime – his little halftime thing that you probably didn't see because you weren't. I heard you it. were in the stadium. I heard it later on, but yeah. And man, like, there, there's an anger there that hasn't been there before. Yeah, no, I mean, I like I said, I heard the interview. He said it's really bad right now. Like, or basically, I'm not quoting him exactly, but he said it's bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, what else can you say at a seven-seven game against an FCS team? Yeah, it's bad. I mean, it could have ended three to seven like Iowa's, but. You know, but we didn't. We didn't have two safeties to be able to do that. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, getting getting back to the positives because I I really <clears throat> I really do want to focus on the fact that we did get a W mm-hmm. and put aside all of the traveling back from overseas. Put aside from it being probably a pretty rough week in practice. Mm-hmm. The first half, yes, there was a lot of weird mistakes. There was not a lot of neither side of the ball for us looked efficient at all. And it looked like we were still getting pushed around a little bit in the run game. Um, and they were able to get a lot of easy, weird, open, short throws. Oh, yeah. Um, they 
they dink and dunked us to get death. Yeah. And, Which, and, by and, the way, that's what's going to happen this weekend, but we'll get to that in a bit. And that was kind of their style, but <clears throat> overall, I was pleased with the way that we responded in the second half. I was pleased with the way that we responded after they were able to get that score in the second half. Um, and it felt like one of those moments where, wow, this has been a meltdown moment in the past for us. Yeah. And we overcame it and ended up, you know, we were a half a point shy of covering what Vegas thought we were going to anyway. So they were pretty spot on when they came to picking that game. Um, and I'll, I'll give a little bit of a shout out to North Dakota. Like they came in, they played, they had a good game plan. They played, they played us the very best that they could. But kind of like you said, we we did wear them down in the second half. They finally just, you know, the the superior athleticism and the superior conditioning took over. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I mean. You talk about the whole, uh, you know, Nebraska having that one play that basically destroys the whole mentality of the team. What happens if Trey Palmer doesn't come up with that 50-50 at best ball on the third and long? Great catch, by the way. It, it, it was, but it was totally a yellow ball. It was. Just hope and see what happens. But if he does not come down with that, then we're punting deep in our own territory. And the way that our defense was playing, the way that North Dakota was controlling the clock like crazy, whether it was running the ball or just dinking and dunking us to yeah. death. Um, we were up by seven at the time, so it's not like we were losing or it was tied at the time. So they would have, at best, tied the game. But... That's one of those situations where we've talked about many times where the one bad play happens and then everything snowballs downhill from there. Yep. And Trey Palmer comes down with that catch and it's just like, thank you, God, because if he did not come down with that catch, it would be really bad. And yes, speaking of crazy catches, <laughs> we're watching the well, Rams-Buffalo yeah, game. The Bills-Rams game up. And Josh Allen just threw the bomb with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter that he basically dig slid on his back into the end zone. Yeah, that was. Oh, it was not a very well thrown ball. No, Actually, it was underthrown like a motherfucker. <laughs> but well, but you throw that many interceptions. But Diggs was so far past his Holy guy because he thought. Shit. I think I think he thought he was. Is that's Ramsey, isn't it? I think he thought he was getting picked up by safety. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. no way Ramsey. No, that's lets that's a, a blown coverage right like there. But I mean, yeah. Diggs is good, but he's not that good. Jesus, he just. Ass slides into the end zone. <laughs> it's not even a touchdown in college. So anyway, back to what you're saying, Jed. I'm sorry. No, um, that was basically like... It, it was a great catch. It'd be interesting to... I mean, not that I really want to know because I liked we, the ending. We definitely that, don't win by that margin. Well, not by the margin, of course, but just I'm just curious on what might the snowball have right. happened. Because again, we've talked about the Iowa game last year, a blocked punt, and, we're, and, and they get a touchdown on the blocked punt, and we're still up by four points. And so it's not like the game is over by any means whatsoever or the Northwestern game where we stupidly kick an onside kick and then they go down and score and we're still up by four points. So again, the game's not over. What does that snowball effect make if Trey Palmer does not come up with that catch? Yeah. And I think that not to keep beating a dead horse and talking about the past, but I think that is a difference in some of the some of the playmakers that we brought in, the yeah. transfers that we brought in that don't necessarily have that in the back of their head. And something to, to say about that throw by Casey Thompson, that's not a throw we saw from Adrian Martinez the last couple of years, mostly because of the fact that he was afraid of making a mistake that would cause a turnover. Well, it wasn't a and great he would, throw. He wouldn't... It, 
It wasn't a bad throw. It was a throw that he was underth- where... It wasn't he a throw. Him. It wasn't a throw ten yards over his head, though. Yeah, it, no, it wasn't a throwaway because he was worried that he was in coverage. Casey Thompson is not throwing the ball well downfield. I've seen some nice ones. He's four of eleven, 20 plus yard passes. Sure, he's underthrown a lot of them. Uh, yes, the touchdown to Garcia Castaneda in the Northwestern game, beautiful. Yes, I'm not trying to say that all of them have been atrocious, but I know. I, mean, I don't, I don't know why you keep defenders. trying to defend Adrian. No, I'm not. Casey I'm not Thompson Adrian. I'm not defending up. Adrian. I'm just simply si- saying Casey Thompson's deep ball is not very good right now. Okay, that's fine for it to not be good. I'm saying he's not afraid to throw it like Adrian was for the that's last couple That's a different years. conversation. That's, that's, just, all, that's the only point I was making. Okay. He's not afraid to try, whereas Adrian was so afraid of making a mistake the last couple of years that he was afraid to throw those balls in tight coverage. Maybe that's... Maybe that's to a fault for Casey Thompson because it's probably going to result in some picks, and it has in a couple. But I I think he's not afraid of the big moment, and that was two dudes that we brought in to make plays like that to help keep from those things snowballing like we just talked about. I think that's a win for us in my book. It is right now, and and this this can kind of go into the uh, running back conversation with uh, Anthony Grant and how well he played. And that's great. And I texted you in the middle of the game. I said, Anthony Grant's a dude. Oh, yeah. But my question is... He was also playing against an FCS defense. And I'm not necessarily completely going there, but yes. But my question is, how sustainable is... You know, you talked about Casey Thompson and playing as as well as he is. He's not playing great, but he's also not playing terribly. Um but also with the running game, and we see the offensive line that the running game is running behind, not just Anthony Grant, but any, well, I can't say anybody else they put behind here because there's only one other guy that they put behind here, and that's a whole other topic. But how sustainable is that running game with Anthony Grant, do you yeah. think? who knows? And and that's going to be, that's the one of the big questions. It's like, yes, I'm not trying to minimize what Anthony Grant is doing right now. But when he goes up against Big Ten defenses, it, is, we saw a very is it sustainable? Game. Is it sustainable? We saw a very similar game by another dude with an ant in his name, Yant, last year against Northwestern, where he went bonkers, and it's clear, and it clearly huge, is not sustainable. Exactly. Well, it wasn't then. For, so we'll we'll see. Well, even with also, Yant this year, it's not. I also think Grant is a, a very different back than what Yant is. Oh, Yant's God, a physical yeah. freak. That in my mind, not be, not that he changed positions, but he's a physical freak like what, um, what's his name, playing for the Eagles now. I've already forgot his name now. Jurgens. Oh, he's a physical freak like what Jurgens was. That just doesn't seem to have that much knowledge of his position or the ability to stay on the field because he's constantly making mistakes. There's already been two different times where he's on the field that I've seen Casey Thompson get him to move to the other side because he's on the wrong side for a play. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's mistakes like that that I think are keeping him off the field Absolutely. and keeping him from getting a decent shot. But if we are being real about it, I'd rather see Grant get more of a bell cow approach and give him an opportunity to continue to snowball on this. Yep. And and that's the biggest thing I think that the whole team needs. They need to get the W and just use this as a stepping stone to build. You don't have to jump from one win to national championship. You have to jump from one win to the next win. And then let's go try and win another one. Yep. That's that's my biggest thing. Is is can we not see another step back? And just see a simple, small little progression. I mean, it'd be nice, 
but the problem is, is under this coaching staff, it's been hard to stack wins, basically. Well, just just looking at both of you guys' tone so far in this podcast and kind of how the team acted when the game was done, is this really a win? I mean, yeah, we won the game, but I'm just kind of treating it like we so, lost so again. That, but that's my fight that I'm having inside. That's a lot of the negativity hangover from the past. Yeah, it is. But And it goes along with the question that has been asked this week. Does Frost and his coaching staff and his program deserve the benefit of the doubt? They've lost the benefit of the doubt because of what they've done over the last four years. I, in my mind, a win is a win, and a win no. is a win. Just like you said, I'm not going to doubt it based on the performance. A win is a stepping stone. It's it's a it's a it's on the right side of the I win agree. loss column, and that's how I'm looking at it. I I so like with what Matt you said. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with what you said. I'm just saying everybody's kind of treating it like we lost, especially in that first half. Yes, I I am I'm fighting with myself. And I know that I said it last week that a win is a win and I will not be pissed off at a win. And I'm not pissed off. It's just the way that the game went forward. And I did also say that on our last week's show where I'm not going to be pissed off at a win because a win is a win and we need wins any way we can get it. But I also did say that it depends on how it looks. And in the first half, it looked really fucking bad. Uh, for most of the third quarter, it looked really fucking bad. Um, the final score was not indicative of how that game actually was because we wore them down, like you said. Um, But I guess it's... I disagree with that statement because it wasn't a fluke that we wore them down. It wasn't a fluke that the game went the way that it went. I wasn't trying to say say, it was a fluke. I'm saying we didn't throw up garbage time scores. No, I I didn't mean for it to sound that way. Well, you're saying the score is not indicative of the way the game went. I think it is. Well, it's not indicative of the because first we three didn't. Quarters. It wasn't like we scored 21 quick points at the end of the game because we had a a pick six and a fumble six and you know random shit happened. It was it, that's the way the game went. A 21 point win is not indicative of how two and a half quarters of that game went. Yeah, fair. It's number nine. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we should have kept a total of how many times you two are going to say a win is a win because I bet we're in double digits. A win is 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 a win. I don't know. I I'm going to stay positive about it just because I I hope that they can actually use it as a stepping stone to build. I I do too, and we'll see. I mean, we we should we should be able to stock up another win. This week, and then we'll see after that. Another but, win that will be, in fact, a win? I mean, this one was a win. I mean, I'm, again, I'm not trying to downplay it. It's just also being in the stadium, It there was a noticeable, not just the booze it ha- going into the halftime, um, which, you know, were justified. Uh, I know that uh, there's a lot of people that don't like booing and all those things, and but I'm, I'm just, you know, it... If you paid money to for a ticket to go into the stadium, you have the right to do say whatever you want as long as it's not derogatory or defam, you know, racist or any of those sort of things. But I mean, there was one guy that was in the row in front of me and about five seats down. That when North Dakota went down and tied the game seven seven, uh, shortly before halftime, and he stood up for probably a good five minutes 
and just went on an entire rant uh, yelling about how unacceptable this is and we should not allow this to keep going and he drives 500 miles for these games and he's an alum and he spends this amount of money and all this other blah 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 and nothing he said was inaccurate in my opinion because it was unacceptable to have a 7-7 game against an FCS team um it sucks spending that kind of money that he spent for season tickets and all those things. But my thing that went through my head was, is anybody forcing you to be here? No. Like if you're, again, I'm not trying to tell you to shut up. You can say whatever you want, but when you're trying to rally the people around you that are sitting in the stadium to say, yeah, I'm with you. Like just leave, just leave. Like, the, the, the way that you show your disgust the most as a fan is you stop spending money. Stop giving them money. Like, again, I'm not trying to tell this guy to shut up because he had every right to say what he said and be disgusted and all those things. But leave. Nobody's forcing you to drive 500 miles for these games. So... I don't know what to tell you, bud. So everything, you know, you're, everything you're saying right here just makes me feel more like it was a loss. I, no, I, like I said, I, I, get where, I get where you're coming from. And it, like I said, for already seven, eight times, it's a, it's a battle inside my own head. I'm pretty sure it's double digits. Go ahead and probably, say it. Probably, yeah. Good. No, it's just, it, it's a battle inside my head that, yes, it's a win is a win is a win is a win. And I know we're adding to the total of as a win is a win. But at the same time the level of competition and you play the way that you did, man, it just, it just brings up a lot of fucking questions. Well, let me ask you this. If you are not going to bring in any thoughts from pre previous to this season starting, are you happier as a Nebraska fan today or an Iowa fan? I, I mean, cause I have to say that Iowa game was far more embarrassing and I watched the majority of that game. That game was far more embarrassing, and they looked way worse than we did even in the first half of our game. Sure, just just from my standpoint, I'm asking you though, like, are you are not thinking about prior to no, this I, season? Are you happier with this win or with Iowa's win? I mean, if you just talk the the spread of what the game was, you'd say Nebraska, but at the same time, it's still a lower level opponent, and we you did didn't look nice very spread. good. No, I'm with you. I'm, I mean, I'm with you about that. It, as far as just looking at the games themselves, not looking at the score, neither team that should look good looked good. That's fair. That's fair. The way that I look at it, though, we did what we were supposed to. We were a half a point off of the spread being exactly where it was, or where it was where it was pegged to be. Um, and I don't care about the spread. Like, we, I, that, but I'm but I'm saying we did what we were supposed to do in this game. We weren't supposed to win by 50 points. That's what everybody wanted to do. When we wanted, they wanted to see a flawless Nebraska team come out, and like like North Dakota was just going to show up like all the FCS teams used to do 10 plus years ago, and collect their million dollar check and go home happy as fuck that they got it shoved in their ass. That's not the way any any teams are anymore. I, I, That's just not it. Like there is a good amount of parity in college football underneath of the top 10, 12 teams that are up there. And you're gonna see this type of thing happen more and more frequently the further we get into the NIL deal, the further we get into these these teams, they 
they're good now. They're better than they used to be. And you're seeing teams like uh, uh, Cincinnati last year be able to rise up the ranks and damn near make the college football playoffs. But when that's a team that 10 years ago, there's no way in hell that they would have had a shot. I will agree with you in the aspect of the competition level, but I will also say that the team that Iowa played is a lot better than the team Nebraska played. South Dakota State is a top three team in the FCS. The points You talk about the point spread and how we were close to the point spread, blah, blah. The point spread for the Iowa-South Dakota State game was only 10.5. I know that it was a four-point game and Iowa won by more than... And Iowa I, doesn't have any semblance of an offense. They don't, but... Well, they didn't need it that game. But the points, <laughs> but the point spread Literally. in the Nebraska game was twenty-two-ish points, give or take, which, yeah. depending on where you looked. And the Iowa South Dakota game was only ten and a half. I get that. So the game was already supposed to, according to Vegas, gonna be closer than what the Nebraska North Dakota game was supposed sure. to be. So I don't know that it's necessarily completely, I don't, for lack of a better word, I don't really mean this word, but fair to compare the Iowa-South Dakota State game to the Nebraska-North Dakota game and see which one you're more happy with. Well, North Dakota had a, both good, games had sucked, a good spring season last year. But both games sucked. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think our game sucked. I think we were disappointed with the first half. I don't think the game sucked. Okay. That's my opinion. That's just no. That's fine. No, I, that's perfectly fine. I Again, I want to be happy about a win. So just be happy. You make that choice. You can choose to be You're positive. You're absolutely right. But the reality side of my brain says, who's fucking North Dakota? Sometimes reality sucks, and that's why we drink. <laughs> that's why I'm drinking. <laughs> hey <Hey-o. laughs> Well, do you want, do you want me to go over the yeah, over-unders? Let's go over the over-unders. Bash my head in with that fucking punt returns well, thing. Let me you take a it. quick drink first. How many actual punt returns did we have? I, we did, I don't think we had any punt returns. Um, how many punts did we force? Hold on. Let me click on the right button here. Punt returns. That was one more thing about the game that I will say in the first half that I thought was probably the only positive that I took out of the first half. They did control, I think it was 20 to 10 in time of possession coming out, out of halftime. Um, they controlled the ball a lot, but it was, it did, our defense did look a lot more like it did the last year in that bend don't break. We were good. We were good to give them yards and give them play until they got down closer to our red zone. And that's when we were shutting them down. So, it, it it looked a lot like the defense from last year. That's I, that's the I only positive that I can really point out of the first half. I wouldn't use the phrase shutting them down, but okay. Stopping them from scoring is shutting them down. But they scored 17 on us. They scored 7 in the first half. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Um so they punted the ball 6 times. Okay. We that was one off. Zero uh returns. Boom. Yeah. Uh so I'll we'll get to that in a second, but uh, points scored in the first quarter, we had 13 and a half. Uh, obviously, we only scored seven. Uh, I was the only one out of all of us. I, I will say us four because I include the fans as the fourth person. I was the only one to say the under. Uh, longest touchdown by Nebraska. I, I texted you this right after the touchdown happened. Yeah, and I was completely confused because I was like, I didn't remember the number on that question. Yeah. So and it wasn't what I was referencing. <laughs> the, the funny thing is, and it's just... 
I'm not trying to like hype me up or whatever, but I put the number at 45 and a half, and that one touchdown run by Grant was 46 yards. It's like it's fantastic. Fucker. How are what are the chances that I'm literally a half a yard off? <laughs> Vegas, Vegas should be calling Jed to fucking pick these. Pick I guess these Matt, you were the only one to take the under. Yeah, on that. yeah. Solid prop bets. <laughs> now, granted, BJ, you and I took the over, but not. Yeah, I missed it by a half a fucking. But also yard. not really for the same. We we were like. It's going to be an accidental like pass for oh, yeah. a shit ton of yards Fluke. and like we weren't we were right in our answer we weren't right in our reasoning but whatever. Uh, third one was how many quarterbacks will play for Nebraska two and a half that's kind of an obvious one considering how the game went it was only one uh, Matt you you took the under you were the only one to take the under there boom so good job smart kid smart uh, here's your punt here's so your punt far. return your punt return yards uh, fifteen and a half. Uh, the answer is Z E R O. What the fans? Yeah. What the fans say on that one? They took the over. Oh, fucking idiots! Following BJ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you, Matt, you and I took the under because we're just saying the prove it guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we had more than zero. How many days since we the last did time not we had have... more than zero? <laughs> well, it's been a while. Uh, rushing yards for Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson combined: fifty-five and a half. You want to take a guess at what the answer Bad was? Zero on that one. Uh, no, it wasn't zero. Was it under twenty? It was under twenty. Was it under? Just tell, just tell what it was. It was under zero because it was minus one. Oh Jesus! Because <laughs> <laughs> of course Ramir can't play. Uh, apparently, for I don't even want to. Because he's a tweener. Jesus Christ! I just. You want me to go on for twenty minutes on that? Nope. Oh my God! I just. <laughs> Anyway, uh, BJ Matt, you both took the under. I, me, and the fans took the over uh, for some stupid fucking reason. I guess uh, you had a very compelling argument last week. I just, but I also thought the game was going to go differently too. So you know what I think is funny about you being so frustrated about that is that you are you've been a person that over the last all last season too you kept saying get the best players on the field. If those guys, in fact, aren't the best players, I'm glad they're not, and they're giving the other guys that are better players the chance to play. So until I'm proven wrong, I'm going to say that they're doing the right thing and that if he's not out there, he's not the best player to be on the field. So with exactly what you said, remember that, because I will get, I will basically show you exactly why I'm saying what I'm saying when I get to the over-unders for this Georgia Southern game. All right. Um. Nebraska sacks, again, prove it. It was two and a half, and they allowed two in the first half. Uh, or they not they allowed, they did allow two, but they only got two. Um, I was the only one who took the under because I said prove it. The fans said 50. They were at 50. Uh, they were at the over, but it was very close. It was 52%. Uh, what will be more, run or pass? Uh, it was dominated by the run, specifically because of the second half. Um Forty-one to twenty-one, as far as run pass. Good opportunity for me to ask you this question. The fans were the only ones that took pass. Us three took the over. Good opportunity for me to butt in here and ask this question. Go ahead. Do you think he took the play playbook over second half? I do not think he took the playbook over because he was definitely carrying a play sheet that, in the second half, and the play calling got a lot more um, focused. I would say it seemed here, here's here's one thing that I guess I was I was thinking about this today. 
it seemed to me, and we kind of talked about this, like Whipple was using, especially in the first half, it seemed like he was using certain certain plays in succession to almost like he was trying to run them through a practice, run them through a, a master class of this is how we're going to run our offense. This is th- these are the things we're going to do, regardless of how they're working right now. This is this is a repetition thing. This is what we're trying to do. And in the second half, it became more of a we just need to put fucking points on the board and we're going to stick to exactly what's working right now. These are the holes that they're showing us on defense. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And so that's what made me feel like either one of two things happened. Either he lit Whipple up at halftime and said, I don't give a fuck what you're trying to do teaching them these things right now. This isn't the time. We have to win significantly. So go. Or he took took over play calling because after the Northwestern game, he got asked if he called any plays, and he said no. He denied it. And then he, when he was asked in the postgame press conference after this game, he said, I will never talk about that. Mm-hmm. Well, bullshit. You just talked about it last week. That's what made me think. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to call the plays, but I did fucking call. Well, the I plays. don't. I don't remember him saying flat out, "No, I did not call any plays." I just remember him saying, "We need more collaboration and cooperation on this offensive staff." And he said that again after the North Dakota game. Yeah. Um, I do not believe that he took over the play calling. Do Fair. I believe that he had some more input than he more typically would? Yes. Um, I will say that I don't believe that he took over the play calling because specifically, and I saw this video on Twitter, I don't remember who posted it or whatever else, um, the play where uh, Brewington scored in the fourth quarter, the last touchdown. Yeah. Um, It was literally the same exact play that has been ran multiple times with Pitt over the last couple of years. Sure. Um, they, they They had a mashup of the plays going consecutively, and it was literally the same play. Um, it's obviously a good play if it scores touchdowns. So it, it's you know I mean it's it's <laughs> basically on the goal line. So I mean sure. it's just yeah. the way that it, the play went. But um, so that's why I'm going to say that I don't believe he took over play calling completely. Um, did he have much more of a say? Yes, that's fair. Um, well, and I, and I, I truly didn't have an actual opinion one way or the other. It's just what it seemed to me. What were you going to say, Matt? Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, that's I was just. You had a very interesting point of maybe they were trying to get some repetition type shit in the first half, and Scott Frost just booted him in the butt. I I don't see Scott Frost fully taking over the play calling, but I definitely see him being, hey, get more creative, like he said after the first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get some points on the and board. at halftime. Yeah, it well, and I mean the fact that he didn't have a play sheet in his hand the, throughout the entire first half. And then he did. And then that he was did. the biggest thing for me. It's like, <laughs> I mean, and they, and they no, made, absolutely, yeah. They were clearly making note of it on the broadcast because yeah. they kept showing the play sheet specifically mm-hmm. when Frost was looking at stuff. But I also didn't see it look like he was calling any plays over. It didn't look like he was doing anything like that. Yeah. So I don't. I didn't know which way. He is um, the head coach. He, he should. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, I, and I mean, I said this all off season. At what point is there a situation where he's going to be like, "This is my job on the line, and I need to like." take control of the exactly. ship that's going down. And you know what? More, I'm not going to fault more, him for it. No, I'm going to say more power to him if he truly didn't take over the play calling and he just had them make that halftime adjustment. I, I will also say, and I know that there's other Nebraska podcasts out there um, that are saying Frost needs to take over the play calling from Whipple, and I go... We're not the only podcast? Well, I mean, we're the only ones that you should listen to, but... There are other ones out there, and they said that Frost needs to take over the play calling from Whipple, and I go, 
What stupid fucking moron thinks that that's the case after two fucking games? And he's been running like, the play. He's been calling the plays for the last four years. What the fuck do you think is it's, going on? But I mean, not just the last four years. You talked about this when Mark Whipple first got hired, and we came on this show, and we talked about how much you love the fact that a seasoned professional like Mark Whipple is. Yeah. After two fucking games, you're going to take over the play calling? Which no. is also why the more that I think about what you said, the more I think he can just flip that switch of, okay, we're going to get out of this mindset. We're going to go mix things up. We're going to go actually turn and burn a bit yeah. instead of same same play types, same kind of play calling. Well, and Whipple's been around. I mean, yes. he's been a coach for, what, 30-plus years? He can make that and then just He can yes. make the change. And, and like I said, too, if – if it was really about running a specific system and trying to just get in repetition and and teach and mold and use that almost like another practice mm-hmm. type scrimmage type moment, um, it makes more sense to me that they went in tied seven seven at halftime and the oh shit butt got hit Absolutely. and then and then it was like cool we need to open this up because this is unacceptable like we can't we can't be this close just because we're trying to teach some shit mm-hmm. so. Maybe that's a different way of looking at the fact that we look so terrible in the first half. Maybe it's also kind of a scary thing because if that's what we're really trying to learn and and work on, then it didn't look like it was working that no. well. Um, but I mean, I'm just kind of spitballing now. But maybe that's maybe that's a, if, a difference. If this is game nine, I I understand. Hey, I'm taking over whatever block. But two games in. Anybody, any fan that's out there that is saying Frost needs to take over play calling, I'm sorry. This is two games into Whipple. We've seen four years under Frost calling plays. Well, that's the and same. what has it gotten us? The, a fan saying that right now, a doesn't know that much about football. B doesn't is the same fan that was in multiple times last year saying Adrian Martinez is a Heisman candidate. And the next moment, because he threw a pick, Adrian Martinez is the worst thing in the world. He's the worst guy that's ever been yep. on our team. Blah, 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 blah. And the funny thing is, I was a guy last year that was talking about him through the first, I think, like six games when he looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe maybe he maybe he's turned a corner. Maybe he's back to being what he was in the freshman year. Blah, blah, blah. blah. And then I torched him for it later later in the season. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about literally up and down, up and yep. down, up and down in the same game, because that just it doesn't make any sense. You so, don't you don't completely abandon something brand new after two games. No, that, that's so our our buddy Fig Newton Chet Chet Nugent uh, on Twitter was getting a hold of me. Ted Nugent. He he was talking about the whole this other podcast was saying, and I, he's like, "You need to call them out." I'm like, "I'm not going to call them out by name," but. You're fucking stupid if you think that after two games, Frost needs to take over the play calling from a guy like Mark Whipple. Again, if this was Matt Lubick in his second game, who doesn't have say the, a, a brand new coordinator, maybe, but who doesn't have the history of Mark Whipple, yeah, maybe I could see, I could at least hear your argument. I'm not necessarily going to agree with it after two games, but I'll at least hear it. Mark Whipple, who's got the pedigree that he does, fuck off. After two games, no, fuck you. Um, the last one was number of onside kicks just to be a dick. And I know that that (laughs) that one was a squib kick, uh, but at the same time it looked like an onside kick. So it was like, Oh shit. Did he just get it? That was the only (laughs) non tense moment in the post game press conference. Yeah. Was when he was like, man, I'm so glad you called that a squib kick. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and he was right. He even said, he goes, I meant to open that as a joke and I totally forgot. So yes, thank you for saying it. Yeah. And, and I, I I appreciate the levity at the moment, but at the same time, it was one of those like, 
why are you even giving people a reason to question? And and first of all, what happened when that happened? Like it looked. No, like, I I liked it like that he addressed mic- it though. It looked like it was missed badly. Whatever they were trying to accomplish, it looked yeah. like it failed miserably. Well, I mean, we we talked about it last last week with the Northwestern one, where there was a couple of people on our Facebook page that were trying to just basically defend the decision and just say, oh, it's just poor execution. It was a fine kick, but it was just poor execution. It's like, no, it wasn't poor execution. It was a stupid fucking decision. It was a bonehead call. Now, the squib kick, I will say it was poor execution because you don't kick it right into the guy. Right. Yeah. Like, so if you want to say poor execution on the kicker on in that situation, okay, I'll listen to you, all that stuff. It was not poor execution on the onside kick thing. I was still confused about what he was trying to explain. I I didn't understand his explanation of why they've been working on that, other than because from, they wanted to call that. They they like we talked about. They, that no, was, no, 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 no. I understand that. Okay. <clears throat> I'm saying I don't understand why they're wanting to be able to call that, unless they're trying to avoid the ball being out to the 25. That's the only thing that makes sense to me, and it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I, I'll stop there. It just doesn't didn't can, make sense. Can to we me. just execute regular <laughs> special teams and not fuck stuff up on special teams? That's what I would like to see. Apparently not. Just execute regularly. You know what I am excited about? The fact that we have a, a place kicker right now that I don't clench my butt cheeks together every time he has to kick a, a PAT, and he's seemingly a pretty decent kicker. I mean, we'll see. He's, and our punter, he, he has good. missed one so far still. But yeah, our punter, our punter is the best thing about it. But you, you said before the season started, just don't be a net negative on special teams. Yeah. And unfortunately, I know technically we have zero punt return yards, so that's not negative. But it's still been a net negative. <laughs> yeah. As far as it's a ov- net negative for BJ, but over one, overall, one our I'll special say, teams but... has been a net negative. As good as our punting has been, over our Overall, our special teams has been a net negative so far. One thing I will say about this game, specifically for the return yards, their punter wasn't good, and we were having to come up to get that ball a lot, and there wasn't any way to get coverage back because there was no ball in the air long enough to get coverage back to set anything up. Cool. You still should get some punt. You should You should get at least one punt return yard against North fucking Dakota. You're already running forwards. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break to grab a fresh drink. Number 10, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) We are refreshed, and we're ready to move on to this weekend's game against Georgia Southern. What would you like to know about Georgia Southern? Well, you've always got some fancy-dancy details, so... Lay them on us. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed as far as the whole, like, who went to school at Georgia Southern thing. It's not really near. It, number one, it's not nearly as cool as Phil Jackson going to North Dakota. Which they talked about on the broadcast, they by did? the way. Yeah. Okay. They brought it up. I rewatched the. the uh, I would for every bo- broadcast for North Dakota. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, like, you have to th- Absolutely. throw every, the shout out. In every sport. Oh, there's a tennis match on. I, I watched the BTN at 60, so I wasn't, I, I wasn't able to. Fully oh, sure. hear all of the conversation on the broadcast, but um, so I mean, this it's not nearly as fancy. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Oh, stop one second for uh, to reference the broadcast, though. Okay. I will say this: the um, dude from BTN that's the like he's super young from Ohio State. You know who I'm talking about? Oh, Kelly, uh, Josh Kelly, I think it is. I, that may, his last name is Kelly. He he was one of the dudes that called this game. Oh, Perry, not Kelly. Perry. He was actually a joy to listen to. I okay. will say that, like, 
I don't. You know me. I kind of. I kind of hammer on some of the guys that call college games a lot. Some of the NFL games too, but especially the college games. This guy actually. I. Th- I thought he did a nice job. I, I'm. I'm not an announcer guy. I. I don't care who's calling my games because I typically am not listening to them. So I mean, there's times where I might hear seven words that they say throughout an entire broadcast, but I'm so focused <laughs> on the game. I really do not care who's the stupid fuck. Back on mute. No, I just. <laughs> Hey, clearly, you've never watched a basketball game with Stan Van Gundy. Uh, a what sport? Basket. Uh, shut up. Never <laughs> yeah, who cares? It's not Georgetown. He Jesus. doesn't give a shit. Yeah, even even then, they suck. So I know I got my shirt on. I figured I'd rep another team that sucks. So that's why I'm there. You go. Uh, speaking of firing head coaches, but um, unfortunately, they're keeping Patrick Ewing. Anyway, this is not a Georgetown podcast, so I will not go into how much Patrick Ewing sucks as a head coach. Uh, Georgia Southern, they got a brand new head coach. Kind of everybody knows Clay Helton, who was the coach for a few years at uh, USC. Um, Of course, everybody thinks that he sucked at USC, which he wasn't a great coach at USC, but at the same time, he had a very good record. Um, he won a conference title. He won an Orange Bowl um, in the four years that he earned not Orange Bowl, a Rose Bowl. Um, be really weird if USC won an Orange Bowl. But <laughs> um, so it's not like he was garbage by any means. It's just that he wasn't high profile enough for Southern California. Sure, that was really the basis of the situation, and they didn't fire him when they really probably wanted to because they didn't have the fucking money. And I know you and I were at a bar, uh, Office West, and you ran into a guy I think that you knew, or or it was just a rando that we started talking to. And he, we were talking about USC and stuff and Clay Hilton, and I was saying how they're not firing Clay Hilton because they, they're broke. And he's like, oh, it's USC. They have money. It's like, nope, they don't. They're literally fucking broke, and you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, and I just moved on, kind of like the, the redwood tree that we talked about with Clemson at the Cove a couple of months ago. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> That guy was tough to talk to. Oh, Jesus Christ. He, he thought I was so pissed off at him. I go, no, I just don't care to talk to you because you're stupid. Like, I don't know Jed, what to tell Jed you. Jed literally sat there <laughs> and just like put his head down. He's wearing a hat. Put his head down so far, looking at his phone, sitting down. We were standing next to the table, and Jed put his head so far down you couldn't see his face anymore. And he just kept, like, every once in a while he'd make an eye at me, like, oh, my God, is this guy still talking? It was hilarious. And he kept looking at you saying, your buddy's so pissed off at me, he wants to fight me. And I looked up and go, no, I don't. I just don't care what you say anymore because you're stupid. He seemed like a guy who wanted to fight, but was also afraid to start one. So yeah, it was, it was absolutely, funny. it was hilarious. But anyway, what are these fun facts about Georgia Southern? I'll get to that in a second. But quarterback for Georgia Southern this year is Kyle Van Treese. People that might remember that name, he was the head, uh, he was the quarterback for Buffalo last year when they played at Lincoln last year. Um, so he he went. He's been here, done that. He's he won't be intimidated by the environment of Memorial Stadium because he was here last year. Um, last year, if you don't remember, with Buffalo, he was twenty-seven of fifty for two hundred twenty-four yards. Um, so not anything to write home to mom about, but nothing. He wasn't terrible. Um, it's also a Buffalo offense; they're not a passing offense, so. 
it's kind of a different standard. Sure. Um, they have four returning offensive linemen, so you know at least they have experience on the offensive line. Traditionally, Georgia Southern in the past has been a run-heavy team. They're not anymore. Um, on the defensive side, they have their defensive ends are sixth-year guys, so they have great experience. Or at least, I don't mean great as far as talent-wise, because again, it's still just Georgia Georgia Southern. But they have a massive experience uh, platform there. Um, they have three returning guys in the secondary. So, again, take that as you will, again, with it just being Georgia Southern. Um, I, the, I, the big thing is, is they're going to be a pass heavy team because also the offensive coordinator for Georgia Southern that they brought in with Clay Hilton is the offensive coordinator for Western Kentucky last year. For those that don't know, Western Kentucky had Bailey Zappi as their quarterback. He came up like 17 yards short of the most passing yards in the, for a season for the history of very prolific, uh, FBS. They just chucked the ball around. Um, Western Kentucky, I believe that they uh, threw the ball an average of 49 times a game last year. Uh, in the first game for Georgia Southern last weekend with Morgan State, they threw the ball 46 times. I don't know for sure if they're going to throw the ball around that much this Saturday considering the weather that is coming in. Uh, it's supposed to be rainy for this game on Saturday. Who knows how much, but they're they're much, very much a dink and dunk Two yards here, you better tackle somebody, which is kind of scary for us because we miss a lot of tackles. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're also a high-tempo offense, so they're also going to be kind of a good preparation for the Oklahoma game for the following week because obviously Oklahoma is going to be very high-tempo. So that's, good, that's a good uh, learning process for us in this game situation. But as far as the kind of fun stats, whatever, I will say – uh, Adrian Peterson graduated from there. Whoa. Not that Adrian Peterson. Just a random guy? The other Adrian Peterson who spent uh, about eight years with the Chicago Bears as a running back. Okay. He, but he won the uh, the Walter Payton Award, which is basically the Heisman Trophy for the FCS. Yeah. Sure. Um, do you remember Adrian Peterson for the Bears? No, I just know what the Walter Payton Award is. Oh, okay. I, the way you <laughs> said, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. No, but I it thought was, he was it, going completely different sport. Like the golfer, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, it was funny because so I watched the Morgan State Georgia Southern game a couple of days ago on uh, ESPN Plus, and they actually showed Adrian Pe- that Adrian Peterson on the sidelines. Oh, nice! Uh, apparently, he's helping out with a lot of you know just uh, resource stuff, and they were talking about how having a guy like that who had a I mean, he he had spent about eight years at the Bears, and he had a cup of coffee with a couple of other teams. So he had about a 10- to 12-year career in the NFL. Nothing prolific or anything else like that, but he was, you know, still had a good NFL career. for 10- to 12 years in the NFL. Absolutely. Especially as a running back? Yeah. Yeah. Like, nothing to sniff at. No, absolutely not. And coming out of Georgia Southern, and at the time that they were an FCS program, uh, by the way, also, an FCS program who has more national titles than Nebraska does. Uh, Georgia Southern has six national titles. Damn. And apparently, when they win national titles, it always has to be back-to-back. Because they won in 85 and 86. Then they won in 89 and 90. And then they won again in 99 and 2000. 
That's some fucking recruiting right there. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like when you win one, you're going to win another one in the next year. <laughs> I Again, it's FCS. Take it however you want. They still dominated FCS when they were in there. That's why they moved up to the FBS. But as far as the like non-athletic people that you, that you come to enjoy me bringing to the stuff oh, yes. like this, apparently Georgia Southern is big into fast food. Oh boy. Because they have two people that graduated from Georgia Southern. One is the president of Chick-fil-A, and the other one is the CEO at Arby's. Jesus. Uh, Daniel Cathy is the president of, at Chick-fil-A, and Hala... Uh, I don't, I'm not even going to pr- try to pronounce her last name because <laughs> I will butcher the shit out of it. She's the CEO at Arby's, so it's just like... Oh, you guys are fast food, like. And they were roommates. <laughs> I don't know about that, oh, but boy. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's kind of weird that like two fast food chains. It's not really re- weird about the uh, the Georgia connection with Chick Fil A because that's kind of where it was founded. But you get two fast food places where people are high on the food. Ch- for lack of a better phrase, so that's food the chain. best that Georgia Southern can do. Yeah, sorry, that's that a couple I, execs, I, <laughs> American diabetes. Got it. Cool. So, so I had a I had a Walter Payton Award winner and two uh, people that are big wigs at fast food places. Yeah, that's that's the best I can wow, do. Sir. I'm sorry. Wow, Georgia Southern, <laughs> get your shit together. Hey, Statesboro, but I guess I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to follow that up with. I, I expected more from you. I'm not gonna lie. I expected more from them. I was gonna say, <laughs> I, I can only give you what they give Usually me. Usually, Jed can go back to like the 1800s with some interesting or unique fact. <laughs> well, they didn't something have something crazy. They didn't have a weird previous nickname like the Flicker Tails or anything like that. It was always the Eagles. So I couldn't, I couldn't have. I trust me. I looked. That's. I, I know you looked. I, pre- I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the depths at which you probably drove. Trust me. Old wh- colonoscopy. When I wrote all this stuff down, I go, this isn't good enough. <laughs> and and I and I dug as deep as I possibly could. And the farther I dug, I was like, there's nothing here. Nope. <laughs> like, nothing, nothing. <laughs> we we got to go back up. We need more air. Yes. Like the one working. politician that you just can't get shit on. Nope. I, I got nothing. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Well, fire into your questions, man. I'm excited right. to hear what uh, what what loathes what loathes your uh, <laughs> your punt returns got to. Uh, actually, I did lower it. Now that I'm looking at it, not by much, but I lowered it. Uh, well, that you told me last week. If we don't get any, I'm lowering it next yep. week. I only okay. I'll get into that in a second. So, Anthony Grant rushing yards. Again, we talked about this earlier. Um, is it sustainable? Yeah. Now, granted, that's. The question is more about uh, the quality of opponent that we get into in the Big Ten and stuff like that. So, you know, we're not there yet. But, I mean, he's averaging 140, 45 yards a game right now. I put it at 149 and a half. Damn. Ooh, I would have to. Ge- s- By the way, Georgia Southern gave up 5.3 yards per carry last week. Oh Jesus! Again, it's it's against Morgan State. They're garbage, but still, five point three is a lot. So. It is. It is. If we're gonna, man, I would. I will probably say over. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going back on that. I think this is going to be one of those games 
where we're gonna we're gonna get to trot out. You're you're gonna see the running back room get emptied this week. I think. I fucking hope so, but I doubt it. I think you are just just from the standpoint of I I see this game us getting up early to try and calm those nerves. I see us getting up early, and I see us pounding the rock because of the weather, like you already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also gonna that's also gonna come down to it's gonna it's gonna get some of those opportunities for those guys, and and maybe they'll show us why they are or aren't on the field. Okay, Matt. Before you answer, I just have to say. Well, I don't have to say this, but Matt, go ahead. <laughs> what? It's eleven. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I'm not answering yet, but to say the whole like we're gonna be up by a lot this before like we should that's the way last week should have been, and we weren't. We ain't talking about last week, man. Okay. We're, 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 we're done with that one. We're, I'm, being know, po- I'm being positive. Okay. I'm being positive, and I think that we are going to be up early. Okay. Matt, I'm go gonna ahead. I'm going to be more positive, and I'm going to say he's going over. Okay. He's going to put it right up their butts. <laughs> Jesus. Whoa. That's a, called assault. <laughs> well, you can call them assaulty bitches. So, honestly, I want Boom. to say the under for the exact reason that you said that they want to play more guys, but... But you're, but you're mad for the reason that I said it, so now you're not going to No, do no, no. It. <laughs> it's the same reason why later on when we do the punt return yards and when we did the sack numbers last week and all those things, I'm going to say prove it until otherwise. Sure. And I don't believe that they're going to play more people, even no matter how many times Frost wants to talk about it in post-game press conferences or Monday or Tuesday press conferences, how much they want to get Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin on the field. Fuck you. You actually don't because you're not trying to get them on the field. So until then, prove it. So I'm going to say over on the 149 and a half. By the way, if he does go over and it's because he was the main bell cow carrier the whole game, I'm going to be happy because that's what I've wanted out of the running back room since Frost came. So I'm not about hurt, Billy, about the whole Ramir Johnson not being on the field because I, I truly believe they're putting the best players on the field for the ability to make them win. Yeah, I would love a main running back. Okay, so I'll, I'll say it now. I was going to save it till after this next one, but I uh, previously when we were talking about this during the North or the North Dakota recap, I said I, I have something on that that I'm going to talk about during our questions, the over into questions. One of the questions that I actually had on here initially, and I crossed it off, and we're not going to do it, but was offensive snaps for Ramir Johnson. And I wanted to have it on there because – we we've talked about Ramir Johnson all off season, all last year. He was our leading rusher. He was our leading, like literally every everything last year. Yeah, as far as our leader on the field, and the way that Frost has talked about him, I understand that the way that he has talked about him was, oh, he's just in between positions, and we really need to get him on the field, and blah blah blah. And the 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 press conferences just infuriate me with the way he answers questions, but. I kind of have come to the point where, you know what? If a guy beat him out, then a guy beat him out. And that's good for the team in a general sense with kind of what you're saying about with Anthony Grant. And I firmly support that, and I agree with that. So at the, so right now, I'm just done talking about Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson. Until they actually get on the field like Frost says that he wants them to be on the field. Until they actually are, I'm done talking about them because these guys have beat them out, 
and I hope that they're more than successful. Yeah, with, with AJ well, Allen, we've we've seen them be successful with, to this point. With not just Anthony Grant, but AJ Allen as the second guy. Yeah, I just want them to be successful. Whoever's out there, get the best players on the field, and that's exactly what, I've said that all last year. Get the best yep. players on the field. So I completely agree. That's why I crossed that question off off my board because, it's like, you know what? It's not worth talking about anymore. Until he gets on the field, it's not worth talking about. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And and like I said, I'm okay with it. I'm not. I'm not hating on it. I just don't like his answers when asked about it. But well, he's definitely, and you can say this going back to his time at UCF. You know that he gets a severe attachment to players. Like he, 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 he very, very much is attached to his players, especially guys like Ramirez that have been around since the beginning and like are his mm-hmm. dudes. Yeah, and it's probably painful for him to see them and and remember the promises he's made them and the the things that he told them to recruit them and things like that and then have them get beat out and not get their time on the field that he really truly i, I mean you can want something and know that it's bad for you i i just don't not bad for you but not the best no, thing I, for I, you i got what you meant i it's listening to scott frost answer questions in press conferences and again i'm not completely crushing the guy i'm not like this is why i don't like scott frost it's just it's just frustrating. So, like, okay, so, Matt, ask me. I'm going to be Scott Frost. You be a reporter asking me how well Grant Anthony Grant's playing and what my perspective is on that. Hey, how well is he playing? Well, you know, we have a lot of guys that can play really well, so I, I just want to get a bunch of guys on the field, and there's a bunch of guys that could play. Uh, Anthony Grant's playing okay, but I don't want to crown him and, and retire his jersey right now, but there's a bunch of guys that behind Anthony Grant that could play and fill his shoes just as well. Was this a quote? That's very close to a quote. Sounds very familiar. Like, he he will not, like, literally the reporter did not ask him about the running game. He, he, the reporter asked him about Anthony Grant. And he went on a big, long tangent about how there's multiple guys that can play the position. It's like, dude, just answer the fucking question about Anthony Grant. He's playing really well. I'm Again, I'm not trying to say send out flyers for the Heisman Trophy Award. But BJ might also have a point. But here. good I, God, man! I, it's like he doesn't want to leave anybody out, and that that emotional attachment that I, he has, I know, which I know. I mean, we saw that more than anything with Adrian Martinez. Yeah, I mean, it it might be a hindrance at some point. Well, it, and now that Jed is kind of saying things the way he is, I'm also kind of thinking maybe in the past that's why we haven't seen. Or why we why we haven't seen them stick to one guy, and why we keep seeing this rotation, even though there has been clear guys yes. that are clearly clearly better Absolutely. than others in the past that just haven't gotten the opportunity to be that main guy. Yeah, and maybe this is the difference in this year's coaching staff is he has a guy who's in charge of the running back room who's saying that's the best dude to put on the field for this play. He has an offensive coordinator who's not just his lackey. He has an offensive coordinator that's making in-game decisions, who's making play decisions, and they're saying, this is the best guy for this package. Get him out there. And so so maybe that is a huge difference in in coaching styles, but also him having less control. Yep. And so, you know, maybe the proof's in the pudding this year, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, fuck. No. What do we know? I, I hope to God it works, but it's, it's just, oh, just frustrating to listen to. Um, second question, field goals made two and a half. That's a lot for this game. By us or total? Uh, by us. 
I'm going under. I'll say I I'll say under because I think we're gonna we're gonna probably see some opportunities in the red zone where it's gonna be, maybe be a fourth down, fourth and fourth and four to goal, something like that where we're gonna run some of those packages as kind of a test type deal um, because we will be up early. We'll run some of those packages to just see. Hey, are we gonna leave them on the fourth yard, four yard line or are we gonna are we gonna punch one in? I will say on the season we're one of three on field goals. Now, sure. granted, one of those misses was not by Bleak Road. It was also kicker. a fifty-six yarder. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I'm I'm not completely crushing that one of those. A lot misses, of NFL kickers miss fifty-six yarders. Absolutely, yarders. absolutely, absolutely. I'm not killing him. I'm just saying we're one, currently one of three on uh, field goals made. Field, so it's not field goals attempted. Field goals made. I'm gonna go over, only because I feel like we're gonna move the ball. Really well, whether or not we score touchdowns every drive, I, I don't know. But I feel yeah. like we're going to be down there quite a bit. That just leaves more opportunity for us to kick more field goals. So I'll go over. I'm, I like the over, but I'm going to go with the under and just blame the weather if it's on under. Sure, <laughs> I'm going to blame God, the rain. Jed's, Jed's leaving himself a cop out. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm going to blame the rain if we go. Under. I was really just worried. I about at least weather. put some logic to it. Jed's like, nope, it's the weather. I didn't if see we go all under. six of those field goals coming. <laughs> God damn. Uh, so this one, so I, again, number three was going to be my Ramir Johnson question. So I replaced that with Georgia Southern pass attempts. We talked about how they're going to pass the ball, not. Uh, and they're going to be very up-tempo. They threw the ball 46 times in the Morgan State game. The offensive coordinator averaged about 49 pass attempts a game. I put the number at 45.5 for pass attempts for Georgia Southern. And he threw it 50 times when he was here last year. I'm going to go over. Yeah. Vantrese, in a completely different offense, uh, threw the ball 51 times. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go over. I don't really have a reason other than it seems it seems like one of those games where they're gonna th- dink and dunk and throw the ball around just yeah. like you said, and yep. that's probably gonna be the only way they're gonna be able to move the ball on us because there's gonna be a very heavy focus on this team should not be able to run on us. Don't do it. Don't give it up, guys. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna get some dudes open in the flat. Well, they're gonna attempt to run the ball. It's just the the dink and dunk is an extension of the run game sure. for Georgia Southern. I'm gonna give it a hopeful under. Mm-hmm. Only because I really want to see us control the clock this game. That would be phenomenal. That's that's the only I see I see them throwing the ball quite a bit when they have the ball, but I want to see us you know have five ten minute differential on our side for controlling the ball this game. Hey, honestly, with what you said, and I I'm not saying this now because of what you said. I I was thinking about this. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was going to go with the under because I I think that what we did in the second half, no matter who was calling the plays, like we talked about earlier, I think they saw something that they want to try to be able to control the clock. Um, And maybe I'm hopeful of that, that they saw something that they wanted to control the clock. Uh, We've talked about how much that helps our defense. Yes. Uh, But also... Our defense needs the help this year. Yes. But also, if you have a running back... And granted, our offensive line has been terrible, but if you have a running back like Anthony Grant, why not try to run the clock and control the clock? Absolutely. So, and by the way, total tangent, let's talk about the offensive line. And I, I just want to say, I know that we crushed this, or I shouldn't say we, I crushed the shit out of Teddy Perhaska last week. I know that he's still injured from last year. 
Um, he was not expecting to come back until the Oklahoma game uh, with, from his torn ACL. And he was kind of forced to be able – I don't want to say forced. That's That makes it sound like the – I thought we heard it backwards that he was the one forcing himself onto the field. He's not fully healthy yet. Uh, whether that's physically or mentally uh, moving past a torn ACL. It's going to take time. It will take time. He is not all the way there yet. Um, I know I had told you during the offseason that there's a chance that he won't be back until the Oklahoma game. Yeah. And I think that's where he was at mentally, that he was p- mentally preparing himself for the Oklahoma game. Um, and, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, he's struggled over these first two games. I thought it was interesting, too, in this game. Uh, in last week's game, I saw him get moved to right tackle on a couple different packages, which was really it, weird. It was a heavy package to one side, yes. It was very weird to see yeah. that. Yep. No, that that was just kind of an offset type special. It two or three times. Yeah. Yep, he did. But the offensive line has not played well. It, I don't believe Turner Corcoran is completely healthy from his fall camp stuff. Um, and the fact that he's playing right next to Teddy Prochaska, who is not completely 100%, at least mentally, um, ready to go. Um, they they just, they, they need to get there. And well, hopefully e- easier said than done. Easier. Hopefully it is just a health thing. Yeah. And that they were targeting Oklahoma, and hopefully by Oklahoma they are healthy. Yeah, I, I hope so. Because um, we're going to need them. I'm going to take the under because of kind of what you said with the whole... Because of what I said. Yeah, Control, I yeah. don't <laughs> Controlling the clock. I, I just don't know that they're going to get the opportunities, but yeah. Uh, fourth question, Nebraska tackles for loss. It's going to sound pretty low, but the fact that we don't have very many tackles for loss on the season, uh, it's really not very low. Uh, the number is going to be three and a half. I mean, we only average three per game. I was going to say we had, what, five last game? Uh, let me do the game. I think we only had one in the Northwestern game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we, I, had, we had four last week. We, we had, had four last week. So we had four and two, two against it. Northwestern. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and you said three and a half. Three and a half. I'm going to take the over. Um, I still think that they have to. They, I know the focus is there, and they have to start getting to the quarterback. That has to be a part of it, and it. And it, it, it <clears throat> That's that's it. That's all I got. Okay. It has it has to go over. By, by the way, again, I know it's just Morgan State, but uh, Georgia Southern allowed zero tackles for loss last week. Sure. I mean, we I already said that they have four returning offensive linemen, so they have experience returning. Again, whether or not they're able to adjust to the talent that we, Nebraska does or does not have, however you want to look at it, it's still F, it's high level Power Five talent. Um, that again, it's totally different than Morgan State, but they still allowed zero last week. Yeah, that's fair. The other thing too, I mean, if if they are dink and dunk and they do a lot of the swing pass stuff, hopefully we'll catch. We one won't have time to get to them though. Where, where we actually, uh, hopefully we'll catch one where we actually tackle on the initial hit, and we can catch one out there. You said over, right? I said over. Okay. Uh, I'm going under. Um, prove me wrong. And and what number? Oh, this is number twelve. No. <laughs> no, I'm going under simply because they have they have the talent at the offensive line. I just don't see it happening. So, yeah, like 
I mean, they're averaging three a game, and it's against Georgia Southern, and I want to say over. But it's not like against North Dakota, they went vastly over three and a half. They, it was at four. Like, it's if they would have had, like, seven against North Dakota, and I put the number at three and a half, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable saying over against Georgia Southern. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of going to just go along with the whole prove it thing that I've been yeah. saying already. Also, just looking at the betting odds, and we can get a, we'll get into those later. Yeah. But Vegas thinks we're going over 60 points in this game. So I don't we see we ourselves of, or the whole no, game? No, the whole game. Okay. So I don't see a ton of negative plays going on. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm going to go with the under as well. Uh, number five is the old reliable. And yes, I lowered it, but not by probably as much as some people might think. Uh, and I only, I wanted to go to 10 and a half. He's at 12 and a half. I, I actually am. I, if it would have next week, I'm going to go down to at least 10 and a half, maybe nine and a half against Oklahoma. But because it was Georgia Southern, I raised it and it's 12 and a half. Let me ask this stat and I will talk on this for a second while you look it up. What are what is Georgia Southern averaging for punts? Averaging for number of punts per game and for distance. Well, they only played one game, so it's kind of hard to. Say. Oh yeah, like, duh. I keep forgetting we played the zero. I mean, game I can go to I can go to last year. I mean, if you really wanted me to, is it the same punter? Because if it's not, I don't care. I I I will find out in a second. But. All right. Because my biggest thing about that is, I think that we saw a couple different times in in the game this past weekend. Where we we were trying to get back and set up actual coverage, return coverage. So it's the same punter, by the way. Okay. We were trying to get back and set up actual return coverage, but some of those punts were so bad that our guy was literally just running up to try and stop it from bounding away. And he like we we almost muffed one because of the, the that exact thing. It happened on three or four of their six punts. And so I I think I actually saw a concerted effort to try and set up returns. I'm hopeful that we're going to get at least one or two, and mainly my hope on that is that he's a good punter that gets him back there, and maybe because it's raining, we'll get a we'll get a lucky break and we'll get a couple down fast and be able to run one off. So I will tell you, uh, last week against Morgan State, they had five they had two punt returns for five total yards. Um, punting wise, uh, Anthony Beck. So they had two punters that punted last last week, but the one guy had four punts. Uh, he averaged 42.75 yards per punt. Um, last year, the same punter, he averaged 45 yards a punt. And just, He's look, a decent punter, just looking at it, he looks like he averaged probably close to five and a half, six Six punts a game. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking we're gonna get at least one or two set up, and we've got to get at least four or five yards on each one of those. I'm I'm going over. <laughs> I'm not confident whatsoever. Well, all the other ones you've been confident, so we'll see. I'm. I mean, going hell, last over. week you said you could put the number at forty, and I'll say over. I did. I did. <laughs> so you'll say you say over. I am saying over. Okay. With all of BJ's stipulations, I would go over, but I'm going to go under. If we return a single punt, it will go over. <laughs> so I'm staying at zero. Yeah, I'm sticking with the prove it. Yeah. Under until you prove me otherwise. You guys are boring. How many days since we returned a punt? Uh, it's been a while. Yeah. 
It's been a long while. I mean, considering we've tur- returned zero, <laughs> not just yards. Yeah, we have zero returns. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, number six, missed tackles, and I'm I'm do so. One of the stats that I go off, one of the websites I go on, uh, that I pay for, is Pro Football Focus, and they chart the missed tackles. So whatever Pro Football Focus charts as a missed tackle is what I'm going off of. So the question is, uh, missed tackles by Nebraska, and I put it at 12.5. So far through the first two games, we are averaging 14.5. What was last game? Oh, Jesus. Because shit, there had well, to have been at least I, six in the I, first We're quarter. averaging 14.5, so... Uh, give me a couple seconds if you want to talk about there, some shit. There had to have been who who was number fifteen again? You said he's a true freshman, oh, Hausman, Ernest Hausman. Yeah, he God, he missed two tackles like in the first probably ten plays of that game. And I was texting you, and I'm like, Are you, is this look as bad in the stadium as it does on TV? Jesus Christ! You know, it's kind of one. And of then those, you said he didn't get in the game the second half. It's kind of one of those things where like I don't want to completely crush him because he's a true freshman. In, yeah. a, in his second game of his entire career. So I understand that there's going to be growing pains and all of those things. I'm not trying to say that he's the worst fucking player. Was of he all in time. for Henrich? Yes. That's who I thought yeah. he was in for. So yeah, you're stepping in for a captain to play in the spotlight. Yeah. First first game at Memorial Stadium. It's it's a tough thing to do. Absolutely. I mean, not just first game at Memorial Stadium, but just your first game. So last week we had 15 missed tackles. Okay. And, I mean, he was just dolphining at people. It yeah. was like he didn't have any arms. I didn't understand <laughs> what the fuck he was trying to do. I'm serious. It was no, like, I, like, are you making are you making noises as you, as you come at him? Like, what the fuck are you doing? I didn't understand it, and it was super frustrating because not only, like, if you're going to try and spear somebody like that, cool. You got to actually hit him, though. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't totally miss a guy, and he did it twice. Well, like I told you, like he had he had a good first like play or two, and then so he had six tackles on his sheet, but five of them were assisted tackles. Yeah, that's what you said. So it's just kind of again, I'm not trying to completely crush the kid, but because it he'll it, get better. It was his first start. He's good enough as a true freshman to be getting on the field in place of a captain. Yeah, he's gonna be good. Absolutely. So are you as far as. as <laughs> Under <laughs> as far as the well, here's here's my deal, right? He's trying to talk himself into an answer. Yeah, I know. So here's my deal. Last year, we talked about, especially through the first few games, how the, it seemed like there must have been a very serious focus on the tackling, because the tackling last year, year over year, was ten times better. It was way way better, and I feel like. A full week of practice this week, a full week of them all feeling better and maybe getting a little bit more healthy and getting over their jet lag and all their bullshit. That was probably a pretty big talking point, I would guess, to the defense this week in practice. We are still playing a nobody opponent. I assume that this is going to be a great test for them to try and prove that they actually can tackle and they have arms. So I'm going to go under, but it's also because I feel like you set that number pretty high. Why, if I'm, you set it at ten and a half, I would probably go over. Technically, I sent the number low since they averaging fourteen and a half. I put it at twelve and a half. Yeah. So technically, I put it low. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. 
I I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go under, but it's not by far. I like your thoughts. I'm also gonna go under only because if we're gonna make progress this year, it's gonna be this week. Well, that that also has to happen for the defense to make progress. Yeah, because in the northwestern yeah. game, especially That's a on high number of missed tackles yes, already. In, in the northwestern game, especially on the uh, on the but run even side in of the it, northwestern game, we went over. We had fourteen. So yeah, no, no, I I get that. But what I'm saying, I'm saying in, in the northwestern game, a big part of the reason that they were successful running the ball on us the way that they were was because of missed tackles. And so I th- I think shoring some of that up is going to help shore up that that run defense, and that's it's it's got to be a focus. And if if we go over this week, our defense is in real trouble for so the rest of the year. It, See, it doesn't it doesn't get any easier from here for the rest of the season. So if we're not going to make progress this week, that's I, what I mean. If we go over, we're in real trouble. I know you gave me shit by doing this on the uh, season preview with Josh, but what if I change it to ten and a half? Is that a better number? I'm not saying that that would change your answer. You did just say you'd go over. So. I'm no, no. I'm just I honestly. But you did say about honestly, the ten. I, I see it being in that like eleven range. I don't see it. I don't see him going over twelve and a half this week. I'm not. I'm not looking at you f- to change the your answer. I'm saying, do you think that there would be a better twelve and a half is too high? So eleven and a half, ten and a half. Yeah. Are you happy with eleven? I'm not happy with no, I'm yeah, not happy yeah, with two. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. I'm not but, happy with two, but the reality real, is miss, missed tackles happen. So Alabama but, misses two tackles a game. But five or six in a game is is expected. So I'm going to change the Ten number. Ten sucks. I'm going to change the number to 11 and a half. I'm going to change the number to 11 and a half. That's, that's fine. I'm still going to go under. Okay. You still under? Same, just because I, okay. I want to see the progress. I'm actually now. I mean, so I was teetering on the thirteen or twelve. Sure. So since I changed the number, I'm going to go with the over. Uh, not, I'm not happy. I almost about feel it. like you trap yourself into that when you are going to lower it because you had the number there thinking it was on 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 where you were. So yeah, you got to yeah. go back to your original. Yeah. Do you think it's still over from twelve and a half? Even twelve and a half. I, I kind of want to still say over because we've been over the first two games. Don't God, let, don't let us make a compelling argument. No, but no, he, he I I did like what he said as far as, you know, maybe a 10-ish or whatever. You you talked about that it was a little maybe two or three. If they can high. get that number under eight this week, I'm going to be happy. Absolutely. But if they get that number under eight this week, I will do jumping jacks. If know. they get the number yeah, under eight, we're going to win That's this definitely game feeling those very handily. If the number's under eight, we're winning this game very handily. Yeah. Uh, last question. Score differential in the first half. Uh, so far this season, it's been minus three. Okay. And and we played a three and nine Northwestern team in a North Dakota, and it's minus three. So the score differential is plus, stupidly, plus three and a half. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. what does yeah. what does yeah mean? No, <laughs> yes, I, I, it is plus three. Well, here, here's plus three. Here's, yes, it is. Here's my thing. <laughs> are you are you asking if we're going to be over? Like, I, over you, so, the so way four, you said that was weird. Okay. So four so Nebraska. The spread. The first half spread is you're setting at three and a half. Yes. Okay. I'm four definitely, definitely taking. So it's Nebraska minus three and a half. First half spread. I'm definitely taking Nebraska. Uh, you know, that. I'm not a gambler. I don't You're good. That, but. I'm definitely just, I'm, I'm cleaning up okay, the way you said. That's fine. Nebraska minus three and a half of the first half. 
I am 100% taking that um, and would bet the fucking farm on okay, it. Okay, so, okay, I'm fine with you saying over, fine, whatever, but you saying I'm 100% taking it, like, seriously, have you not watched this team? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is if you're asking me as a betting man to say, would I take Nebraska minus three and a half against Georgia Southern in the first half of a game? I absolutely a hundred times, I don't care. Ask me a hundred times, more, I will say yes. I'm more questioning your absolute confidence in that. Because it sounds like a team. no-brainer question. What's the spread for the yeah, game? Yeah, but man? if I would have asked you this question last week, would it have sounded like a no-brainer? And guess what would have happened? I'd have been wrong. I'd have lost my ass. I would have lost the farm because I said just, I'm betting the I'm farm. Just saying, I'm just saying your overconfidence of it is just sounds, I'm sorry, but it sounds silly. Sure. Call it ignorant. Call it silly. Call I, it what I you call want. It no, ignorant. no, no, no. You're fine. Call it whatever you want. I don't care okay, because that's I'm being positive. And I truly think... I appreciate it. I'm no, just asking. I truly think this game, we're going to come out, we're going to look far more business-like. We're going to be very much taking care of the ball, taking care of what we need to get done. And it's going to be more of a business trip to Memorial Stadium. I I truly, truly, truly think... I, I know I said it outside, and you actually said, you know, I, I, like, the way that, I like the way you said that. I want... I want to see a game where we look like the dominant team from start to finish. Yeah. And I see that happening this week. I, I was more asking that question to kind of go along the lines with my son when he ran into you, Matt. And he asked, what the fuck's wrong with your brother? He didn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> he screamed it across Qdoba. Like, your brother is way too fucking confident. That's why I was, I mean, that's kind of why Qdoba I was work. asking. I mean, again, I'm not trying to challenge you. I'm just saying... It's just this team, I, you just, I, I appreciate the fact that you're so overly confident, and that's great. I just, I can't get there. I don't, I don't know. So take Georgia Southern in the first half, Jed. That's not what I said. Sack up, Sally. I didn't say that. I'm not going to take the over either. I'm just simply. The, what's what's the what's the spread for the game, Matt? So just yeah, I was going to answer your question and give my the the spread is Nebraska minus twenty two and a half. Yeah. Okay. So for that, I assume we will be. Do you see a first half spread there? Because no, I'll bet the first half spread is somewhere in the ten to fourteen range. So your number is way under of okay. what Vegas would put it at. I, sure. and, well, and, I, and like you said, I last can't week, say that it was way under because I don't know what last it is. Week they'd but be wrong. Minus ten and a half. Minus ten and a half. So last ten week, or seven? Ten. Okay. So last week they'd be wrong. But what I'm telling you right now is. I think we come out to a fast start. If you were going to ask the same question you did last week, 13 and a half points in the first quarter, I'd take over again. Well, yeah. I mean, I probably would have too, but... No, I'm saying right now, if you ask that question about this game, I would take over. Oh, I'm man. saying we're going to be we're going to score at least 14 points in the first quarter. I can see us very easily scoring 28 or 35 in the first half. That sounds egregious. I'm going over but <laughs> only on the three and a half. <laughs> Jed? So what, what would you say on the 10 and a half? <laughs> I'd go yeah. under on that. Yeah, one. I think it's a touchdown. Would, would you would you say over on the ten and a half? Yeah. Okay. I'd still take Nebraska. You say a thirty-five to nothing lead at half. <laughs> I didn't say thirty-five to nothing. I said we're going to score twenty-eight or thirty-five points in the first half. I didn't say what they were oh, going to score. So you're you're really getting after the total then, but we'll get there in a second. So I'm probably going to say the over because I think I think that we're going to. Uh, take what we learned in the second half in the North Dakota game, especially also with the weather that is 
scheduled to come in. That's going to be the other thing. Um, is if it is going to rain the way that they're potentially talking about, yeah. and right now it's like eighty eight percent chance or some yeah. shit like that. Uh, which it's Nebraska. Who the fuck knows? It Absolutely. could clear up a half hour before the game and be it completely might fine. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, or it might be a hundred degrees. Um, but it, if we just straight pound the rock at them the entire first half, they're going to be dead dog tired by middle of the second quarter. That's why I'm kind of thinking that uh, this first half. I, 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 maybe I'm hoping, but I think we might learn something from the first or the second half of the North Dakota game. So. I'm going to take the over, but I'm not as abundantly confident as you are saying. 100% taking the... I hope you learned something from the first half of that game, which is don't overlook your opponent. (laughs) Well, that too, but... Yeah, I I definitely agree with you as far as the 10.5 thing. I would take the under, but my 3.5... Right around 7 sounds appropriate. Yep. I like this question. I think you should keep the first half spread question on there. Okay. And you come up with a spread without looking it up I each week. didn't look it up this I time, like so sure. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. And I, I, I really only did that because of what it has been in these first two games. Yeah. Because Especially I, the last last game. Here's here's what I'm going to say, though, about so, that. So when I come up with these questions, I come up with it for two different reasons. One, how I think the, how I think the season has gone, and also how I think the game is going to progress in and of itself, why I asked the rushing question for Anthony Grant, the field goals made, uh, stuff like that. So there's there's a method to my madness of asking the certain questions that I do. I totally but. understand that. My 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 thing to kind of explain my first half a little bit better. We've had two weird first halves to start. One was weird because it's in fucking Ireland. And there's all that leading up to it, and it's the first game of the season. Yep. The other was weird because it was a bad week of practice because of jet lag, because of sickness and illness running through the team, because of a shortened week because they were coming back from Ireland. I'm so excited there's, for that to not be an excuse. There's a whole bunch of excuses. It, it was never an excuse. Listen, it was listen, just a conversation. Yeah, was, and nobody uses an excuse no, I, in the media. I don't believe like that, that they did, no. I'm not. I'm using them as an excuse right now to say that, that was those things played a factor in that in that uh, minus three score differential that we have right now in the first half. I think we correct some of those things. Maybe we use this game for a very similar thing that we were trying to use North Dakota for, but we do it backwards. I don't care. Let's blow their doors off for the first quarter and a half, and then you can go to your practice stuff. Let's go ahead and do that. And so that might be a little bit more of what happened. And like I said, I just want to see them dominate a game bell to bell and look like the better team Without question, I I would I would like that, but I mean, without sounding like a broken record, even though I already am. Prove it. Yes, I mean, seriously. When when was the last time we we showed that we were Northwestern Northwestern last year? year. Okay, I want that game Saturday. Cool. Like, but. Until it happens on a consistent basis, it's a lot like the wins, stacking wins. Until that happens when we expect it, because even at the Northwestern game last year, did we really expect 56 to whatever or whatever that no, score was? No, we didn't was? expect it at all. We also didn't expect Northwestern to be near as bad as they were no, last year. No, but until they Regardless can Regardless do- of all that stuff, though, basically all you're, all you're saying is, I'm not going to be positive on this team until they've already proven that they're positive. Well, that's not entirely true because I came out of that Northwestern game oddly positive. That's fair. That's fair. So it, 
it's just, I just, I'm also still, as much as I'm not, uh, you know, like I said multiple times, kind of the win is a win that we talked about earlier. I said this multiple times last show about I'm not jumping off a cliff. Um, I'm not jumping off a cliff with this team yet, but at the same time, they still got to show me something. And yeah. they, they haven't yet. You are as even keel with this win as you are with the loss. You're just being real about it. Yeah, I mean, it's this this team isn't very good. It's what we haven't shown it anyway. No, they yet. haven't. They haven't. And it's it's a lot like what we talked about with the whole Scott Frost thing on the post-game press conference. I believe that he knows this team isn't, at least currently, isn't the team that is going to get him at the baseline of what they need. And it doesn't mean that they they can't get there. I'm not I'm not closing the book on this team yet. But as it stands right now, they're not the team to get them get him to multiple more years after this. Do I hope to God that they get there? Absolutely. Do they still have the potential to get there? Yes, they do. I believe that. But we'll see. It's a long season. What do you think? Spread was 22 and a half, you said? Spread is 22 and a half. I think the over-under was like 61. 62 and a half. Okay. What's yours, Jed? What do you think? Um, We cover this week? Let's see. So it was 30 at 17 last week. So that's 50, 60. That's over on 61, 62. Um, I, I will say the over on the total, um, I think that, I think the spread is right at it. I, I do. I think it's going to be another 21 to 24 point spread. Like I will say, um, there are some books like the win is up to 24 already. Okay. I, I think it'll be in the low twenties, low to mid twenties. As far as the so, spread. You, are you taking Nebraska? Or of, you course, taking... of course, of course, of course. Are you? Of course. It's yeah. not an of course thing. Fuck off. Are you taking yes, Nebraska? I'm not talking about win or loss. I I'm talking about with the spread on your shirt over there. Oh, are you saying Nebraska wins by more than 23? 23 or more? Sure. Is that's a yes from Jed? Oh shit, <laughs> that's not that's a very a yes from Jed. It's a, it's a yes, but not very confident. It's a yes from Jed. It's a he yes, took Nebraska. But not very uh, confident. Put the money on Nebraska, Matt. Uh, I'm going to go over as well. And over on the total or the spread? We go over on Nebraska, under on the on the total. Okay, under on the total. Yeah, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Georgia Southern scoring many points this week. I can still see them scoring seventeen, just like North Dakota did. Um, but I also see us scoring closer to fifty-four ish, oh, somewhere Jesus in that neighborhood. Jeez, no. Well, right. you realize that's only that's only a touchdown and a half over what the total is. Cool. It's not that it's not that egregious. It's not that egregious. Um, I'm gonna go with the over, and I'm taking Nebraska. I think we win by at least 28. I sure as fuck hope so. Can I just real quick point out we had zero Patriots references, <laughs> and he hits it. <laughs> Nailed it. And this may be the most unbelievable night in Cornhusker football history.